The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, hosted by Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Dr. Relly Nadler. I'm Allison Childs with the Center for Creative Leadership. Kathy and Relly have helped thousands of people like you become better performers, managers, and leaders with their unique approaches to coaching. Dr. Relly Nadler is a master level certified executive coach with the International Coaching Federation. A psychologist, corporate leadership, and team trainer, Dr. Nadler brings his expertise and emotional intelligence to all his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and training. Dr. Nadler's Leaders Playbook provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers. For more information and free tools by Relly Nadler, go to www.truenorthleadership.com. New York Times bestselling author Kathy Greenberg wins hearts and minds around the world with her internationally acclaimed books on the new science of happiness, including what happy companies know and what happy working mothers know. Kathy is available for a variety of consulting and coaching programs where you can learn to apply her unique happiness equals profit business formula. For more on Kathy's coaching, tools, consulting, and keynote speaking, go to www.h2cleadership.com or www.whathappyworkingmothersknow.com for free tips and downloads. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Rowan Nadler. My co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, is also on the line. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. We always try to bring you exciting new cutting-edge information, and today's show features Jess Price-Jones. She's the CEO and co-founder of iOpener, and that's a human asset management consultancy, and she's going to talk about her new book, which is Happiness at Work. We know in today's tough economy, does happiness in the workplace really matter? Well, Jess is going to tell us, yes, it does. New research reveals that people who are happy at work are 50% more productive and 180% happier with life overall than their least happy colleagues. Happiness does matter from both an individual viewpoint and in terms of business sustainability. And let me tell you about Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my co-host. She uh, coaches leading executives and entire companies on the application of her proven happiness equals profit strategies. Dr. Greenberg is the co-founder of the renowned executive consultancy H2C. That stands for Happy Companies, Happy People, and the author of multiple bestsellers and in the much-demand conference speaker. Kathy and I, we always try to bring you the best in current leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders, and we always try to provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organizations. And Dr. Kathy Greenberg, welcome. 
Thanks, Relly. Today's going to be a great show because, as you know, one of my big sweet spots is happiness and how we can all get better at learning how to be happier both at work and at home. And Jess is going to introduce us to her five-year research study, which has been turned into a practical business book on happiness at work. So I'm really excited to share Jess's story with everyone today. But before we get started, you know, everybody who's listening, Relly and I really want to teach you something in each and every one of our programs. And we want to make sure that you learn how to develop yourself as a leader, as well as to help those around you. Because we all know that we can do some very small things differently that make a big impact. Now, today we're going to talk about what happy companies know about performance, but in almost all of our shows, we talk about Relly's sweet spot, emotional intelligence, and positive psychology strategies. We also talk a little bit about brain and neuroscience contributions to being a top performer and generation and gender differences to being successful because what makes you happy doesn't necessarily make everybody else happy. We also love to share a little bit about work-life balance practices and strategies for managing both you and your boss. So today we're going to we're going to learn a lot of tips and tools from Jess. And before we bring her on, I just want to remind you that my co-host Dr. Relly Nadler is a master level certified executive coach. He's a psychologist and a corporate leadership and team trainer. And Dr. Nadler brings his expertise in emotional intelligence to all his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and training. And Dr. Nadler's Leader's Playbook provides 100 tools and strategies to develop star performers. So without further ado, Relly, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about maybe the science behind leadership and why it's so important. Well, thanks, Kathy. Always glad to do that. We know on Leadership Development News, we're always talking about leaders, cutting-edge practices for leaders. And the reason is that leaders have anywhere from 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team. So we like to say that the leader is the emotional thermostat of their team, and their emotions are the most contagious of anybody on the team. And we also know that one of the keys is trying to do a few things differently to get someone into the top 10%. And a lot of the research is showing that this top 10% is the tipping points of sorts. And if you can get someone in the top 10%, they are twice uh, as productive in regards to the revenue as organization and as managers in the 11th and 89th percentile. So you really want to try to get your people into the top 10%. Try to get that B person into being an A person. And one of the keys is emotional intelligence. So the further uh, someone moves up the ladder, the more they need emotional intelligence when compared to either their IQ or their technical expertise. And a great way to help that is to bring coaching into your organization. Both Kathy and I are certified coaches. And if you have training alone, most organizations have training. That helps the organization get a a bump in productivity, about 22%. But if you also have coaching along with that to individualize the training, you get a bump in productivity as high as 88%. And the key is, on today's show, if you can get a few things that you can do differently, these micro-initiatives that will create macro-impacts. And we have seen that if you can bring coaching into your company in just one day, 
studies show that happiness is tied to profit by more than 93%, and Jess is going to follow up on some of her current studies on that. So for more information about Dr. Kathy Greenberg, her website is www.h2cleadershipforhappinessbooks, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching services. And for more information about me, Dr. Rowley Nadler, my website is www.trueNorthLeadershipforEmotionalIntelligenceBooks, some free EI assessments, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching boot camps. So, Kathy, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about Jess and, and what she's going to talk about today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, I have known uh, Jessica Price-Jones now for a few years, and it has been an amazing journey to hear all the wonderful things that she's doing. You know, Jess, um, she's the CEO of a human asset management consultancy called iOpener, and she's the author of a brand-new book called Happiness at Work, Maximizing Your Psychological Capital for Success. And this is a Wiley Blackwell book, which is a 2010 edition, so it's fresh off the press. And Jess says, if you're really happy at work, you'll be 180% happier with life overall, have 180% more energy, and be nearly 50% more productive than your least happy colleagues. Price Jones bases her conclusions on an in-depth five-year study involving 3,000 people that included focus groups and comprehensive interviews with 80 individuals, as well as her years of consulting and coaching for both large and small organizations. And according to Price Jones, happiness at work is a mindset that allows people and their organizations to maximize performance and achieve their full potential. Based on her research, the benefits include getting promoted faster, earning and learning more, generating better and more creative ideas, achieving greater success, and being healthier. For businesses, the impact is greatly improved productivity and sustainability and more happiness at work. Welcome to the show, Jess. Thank you, Kathy. Um, it's wonderful to be with you. Well, we're, we're very excited that you're here with us today, and we, we like to start each and every program with one simple question, and that is, who have been the most influential people and thinkers in your life and in your career, and how have they shaped your thinking about you and your work? I think there were two, am I allowed two? There are two women who've really shaped my career, uh, my thinking, and the first is my mum. Uh, my mother is uh, a woman who, she didn't work, and I think she always felt that, but she was the most practical, um, results-driven, uh, enthusiastic person I know, and she was a wonderful role model to me, and she still is. Uh, and uh, she's, she's really one of those traditional British women who you want on your side. So she was a great influence. And the other person was the first female boss I worked for, who was the most feisty, go-getting, gung-ho uh, individual. And when I went into this organization, there was one female director, because this was 1984, and I said, I want to work for her. And it took me a year, but I got to work for her, and she taught me such a lot. Well, Jess, this is great just to kind of hear you got some 
uh, feisty women uh, in your background, and, and I know just in hearing your voice that you got a lot of good energy, and it must mean that you're, from your research, which you want to hear uh, more about, that you're very, very happy. So we want to pick your brain about that. And so maybe to start off, tell us about your background and, and why you decided to study the role of happiness at work. My background is as a coach and consultant uh, before I founded iEpner as a business. And I'd also spent 10 years in finance. And so I had my fair share of bosses who got a lot out of me and bosses got zero out of me. I'll never forget being in a basement with an alcoholic, chain smoking, thinking, how do I get out of this? Uh, I did very, very little for that, that boss. And I did a lot for the female boss that I was speaking about. So I became interested in what made the difference. And in the coaching and consulting work that I did, I realized that actually in all these teaching of tools and techniques and encouraging people, all we were really doing was enabling them to be happy at work. That was fundamentally what lay behind everything that we were doing. And it hit me like a thunderbolt when a colleague of mine said it to me about six years ago. And I went, wow, my goodness, that is exactly what we're doing. And that was what inspired me to... Go, I go out and do some research because, you know, frankly, I'm five foot four, I'm blonde, and uh, uh, yeah, I am slightly feisty, fiery woman, but you can't walk into a boardroom with those attributes and not have some serious heavyweight thinking behind you, and that's what I wanted to do. Well, Jess, it sounds like you certainly had this wonderful epiphany that anything that you could do to increase happiness was going to make life better at home and at work and we're going to be right back to talk about eye-opener and how you decided to call your company eye-opener so don't go away we'll be right back this is leadership development news stocks bonds investment opportunities financial news and talk we can help call us now toll free 866-472-5790 866-472-5790 voice america business network Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Today, we're talking with Jess Price-Jones, 
and she just has written, I think it's only 10 days off the press, Happiness at Work, Maximizing Your Psychological Capital for Success. And your company, Jess, is eye-opener mm-hmm. and a uh, great name. And maybe say a little bit about how you came up with that, just with all the eye products that we have these days. <laughs> our, our, our company is called Eye-Opener because Eye-Opener for us is about y- y- taking the eye in this. You know, what do you personally have to do? And um, what is it that you could do differently um, that will open a door to mean greater success and greater performance for you? And so we're all about enabling others, and that's why we call ourselves eye-opener. And what I love, it happened to me today when I was in a workshop. Someone said to me, that was a real eye-opener. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> we love it when people use the name of our business and then do the connect. Uh-huh. And so that's why we're called eye-opener. And I is with the letter I versus I. Yeah, the little I. Yeah, like iPod. Yeah, so if you want to find us, we're iopener, I-O-P-E-N-E-R dot com. And uh, there's lots of tools to start to download for any listeners who want to Mm. help help themselves think about their futures. And one of the things that I really encourage your uh, listeners to do is we've got a report on happiness at work, which is free at the moment. It won't be free forever. And if you go to iopener dot com, forward slash report, you get a very in-depth questionnaire, but an even more in-depth personal report back about how happy you are at work with some self-help, so how you could become more happy. So if people want a tool, I would encourage them to, to go there, iopener.com forward slash report. Wow, that's pretty nice of you, Jess. I mean, that's a lot of information to be able to help someone understand. So let me ask you this question. Tell us about the research that you have been doing and the people that you've interviewed for this book and how you came up with some of these tools? Well, uh, the research was a five-year journey, and I think uh, had I known what I was embarking on, I might have thought twice about doing it. Uh, One of the programmers said to me, you do know you're doing experimental programming with this. I kind of gulped and thought, wow, is really that what we're doing? but it hasn't, what we're doing hasn't been done before because nobody's found out what does happiness really mean for individuals, how do you make that practical, and then what do you do with it? So that was the purpose of writing the book, to come up with lots of tools and techniques that would be useful to individuals, and they could really map onto what would make a difference. So some of it's very simple, like we know that you can get more control if you simply write down a to-do list and do your to-do list in your order of choice. And that is a, a tool that we develop from our coaching and consulting work. And it's so beautiful because it works. And so I wanted to share with the world what we knew that worked and make it available to anybody rather than just people who could pay for our consulting services. Well, that's great. It sounds like uh, if someone goes to eyeopener.com, they're going to be able to have that, that resource. Now, so you did all this research and... Um, was there anything that kind of stood out that was a surprise for you? Something that either some stories or things that you can share with us? I think when I looked at the data the first time around, you know, really, I was just gobsmacked, as we say in the UK. I was really stunned because I saw how important listening was to happiness at work. It's one of the most important things that leaders can do and that anybody working in a team can do. And I thought, I can't write a book about listening. You know, everybody's written a book about listening. <laughs> And, uh, but yet, it is so important. So that was something that really amazed me um, about uh, happiness at work and the journey. 
Um, but I think that, that in writing the book, one of the things that that I was was very, I don't know, it made me feel very humble. That's the words I'm looking for. It made me feel very humble that so many people from so many walks of life were prepared to share their stories with me in a way that was um, often made me feel very emotional uh, mm-hmm. about what they were telling me. So, I, I, for example, I talked to Alan Johnston, who was a BBC journalist and kidnapped in Gaza, who's a truly remarkable man. And, you know, I was really on the edge of crying when he was talking to me about how he maintained his resilience. When, you know what, he couldn't even see his captors. He he wears contact lenses. And on the day that he was kidnapped, he was supposed to leave Gaza 16 days later. He was wearing contact lenses, and he had to throw them away. So when his captors came into his room, he couldn't look into their eyes to see, do they really mean it when they say they're going to kill me or not? Hmm. And that's such a humbling thought and a terrifying thought to have and to have this man sitting and sharing with me it, it really made this enormous emotion come right over me um, which i wasn't expecting and that happened lots of times countless times and when you interview these folks give us an idea what were some of the kind of the questions and, and, and so i imagine you were trying to get at what allows them what tools to have them be happy what, what were some of the questions you asked them i'd ask them uh, what made them happy at work obviously what made them unhappy at work uh, what ha- some high moments were for them, because then you always sense people's energy. And the a, a question which I found really interesting was, how do you want to make a difference at work? Because that truly gets to what lies behind um, some of the, 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 the tangible everyday stuff. And what was it really fascinating to me was how many very, very senior people couldn't answer that question. And I'd have to kind of ask it two or three times to find out what that was. But you really do know when, again, you can feel the emotion behind it. And, and I know, really, it's emotion intelligence is, is um, I, I love what you say about it. It's so important. Now, and, sorry. there are so many wonderful stories in the book. Um, can you share a couple more of these stories about the importance of listening? Oh, um, there's one that I didn't um, put in about a, a guy who was he's very high up in the British Secret Service. Uh, he's one of the, the leaders. And oh, I mean, this, this is James Bond. I really did go and talk to James Bond, <laughs> who I have to tell you was the most good-looking man I have seen in a very long time. <laughs> and so I was walking across his backyard to meet him, and I suddenly caught sight of him. It's, oh, my goodness, James Bond is walking towards me. Um, can we do this in replay a few times? But uh, he, he said to me that the only way of deciding whether you're going to put your life on the line for somebody is by listening. Do you believe them? And having to make a decision, an intuitive decision, about whether you would or wouldn't put your life on the line. And so, you know, I, I was really interested that intuition for him, um, and obviously, you know, his judgment and experience are part of that, Coming to listening, it's something I hadn't thought about before. Amazing. Mm. You know, when you just you talk about listening, I'm thinking of a a quote. I think that Stephen Covey says that listening is to the relationship like breathing is to the body. Mm. Kind of lets you see kind of how critical that is. It's a beautiful way of putting it. Yeah. So one of the things that you write about in the the new book, Happiness at Work, focuses on the five C's of happiness. You say contribution, 
conviction, culture, commitment, and confidence are key to happiness at work. Can you briefly discuss a little bit about each of these? Sure, with pleasure. Um, These five C's are the core of happiness at work. And uh, the first is contribution, and that's about the effort you make and what you think of your effort. And funnily enough, it's much more stressful to... uh, to not contribute, to not have enough to do, than to have too much to do. Do you know that some of the most stressed people are librarians? I was amazed when I found that out because they don't feel that they make enough effort um, in many cases. Not in all cases, obviously, but in many cases. So contribution is about the effort you make. Conviction is about your motivation, whatever the circumstances. And we've seen that that's quite low right now because it's tough. Resilience is part of that, and that's really tough for many people right now. Culture, the third C, is your feeling of fit. Do you fit where you find yourself, or do you feel like you're wearing the wrong clothes to a party? Um, And then you've got the last uh, two Cs, commitment and confidence. Commitment is how engaged you are, and confidence is that kind of sense of belief that you have in yourself and your job. And those are all incredibly important. One piece is missing, uh, you probably won't be that happy at work. So say a little bit, Jeff, how did you come up with those? Was was that... I mean, did you go in kind of having two or three of those? Did it, did it get maximized through the interviews, or how did that come up? We found all those out by looking at our data. So we've got 3,000 people in our database, and we spent, we've got, got 25 um, iterations of our questionnaire, which meant we asked it and asked it again and asked it again and asked it again. And out of all that data, it clustered into, for anyone who's a statistician, into five factors. And these are all the things that group together. So contribution, for example, has goals, objectives, raising issues in it, feeling secure in your job. And so you can see that those are all about effort that you make mm-hmm. um, and, and what you think of it. And so it, it came out of a heavy bunch of uh, data processing uh, and looking at what are all these things grouped together? What do they actually mean? It's funny how you talk about um, this you know, the statistics and the data mm-hmm. uh, of looking at happiness. And, of course, all of us on the phone right now and many of our listeners have learned over the years listening to us and, and working with us um, through the Internet and in consulting that happiness is a science. And you have done a great job of really elevating that, that uh, message. And I think it's so important that people know that if we can learn what these things mean, these five C's of happiness, and then we can self, if you can kind of medicate by practicing Mm -hmm. them, we really can make a big difference in our lives. It's absolutely amazing. Um, And, you know, we've had feedback from people that even just doing the questionnaire has put things into their mind and clarified things for them that they they wouldn't have thought about and has made them take some action just doing the questionnaire. I would encourage people to go to iapner.com forward slash report uh, if they feel like it. Well, I hope they do, and I hope everybody stays put, because we'll be right back with more from Jess Price-Jones and Happiness at Work here on Leadership Development News. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. 
Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Jess Price-Jones. Um, her new book, Happiness at Work, Maximizing Your Psychological Capital for Success. And we're starting to zero in on some of the applied pieces. So, Jess... Maybe you can tell us a little bit about some of the research, because given both uh, Kathy and I love this evidence-based research, some of those um, statistics you have at the beginning of the show around the relationship of employee happiness and organization success. Maybe you can speak a little bit about that. Yeah, I think the key statistic that everybody needs to know is that people who are happiest at work, when you compare them with their unhappiest colleagues, are doing pretty much... 50% 50% more. And in, in solid terms, we've worked out you can't really be more productive than about four full days a week because life is full of emails that don't go anywhere and your laptop crashes and you go into a dull meeting or you get stuck in traffic. So we, most people reckon they're 80% productive when things are going really, really well. Um, so what does that actually mean in solid terms? It means that people who are happiest at work are doing a day and a quarter a week in terms of productivity. And that, to me, is just why wouldn't you want to work with someone who's happy? If, if there's such a strong um, correlation between the two. And you know what it's like when you work with someone who's unhappy. They, they spend a lot of time bitching and moaning and, and not doing the job and trying to force things off on you. So that is a key reason why all organizations need to start seriously thinking about the science of happiness at work. So just to say that again, you're saying the people who are most happy are doing a day and a quarter more work than someone who's not as happy. Yeah, a week. A week. A week. So you're getting 60 days a year more from your most happy employees. That's just, to me, a staggering statistic. You're kidding. You're, that's <laughs> a lot of extra time. 
it's a huge amount of extra time. And, and you know, most of us will do kind of 100,000 hours at work in a lifetime. Uh, so the discretionary effort is, is so important. Um, people who are happy to work bring their brains to work and want to use them and also will be coming up with those ideas when they're outside work because they're just really super engaged with what they're doing. And do you know what? They're healthier too as a result. The people who are happiest at work are taking only a day and a half a year um, as opposed to the average of six. So I think that there's the only upside for organizations. That's amazing. So people are, on average, who are happiest at work are only taking a day and a half for personal time. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's um, like sick days and, and, you know, personal mental health days, not yeah. regular. You're not talking about vacation and things like that. No, people I'm, we're not talking vacation. This is you know, time off, visit a doctor, um, I'll have a migraine, those kind mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, there's, a, there's an enormous health implication. So, so Plus, there's one other thing as, as well, um, which is they intend to stay longer, longer in their jobs. So onboarding costs are generally halved. I mean, it's, it's just phenomenal. And now all this came from basically it's kind of the questionnaire where you ask questions. How many sick days are you taking a year? Um, how, you know, how, many, how focused are you at working? I'm, I'm just asking these questions because I'm sure some, we have, I know we have some people who listen who are in organizations and, and any kind of research that we quote, they want to make sure what's the background and, you know, because they want to repeat it also. Sure. Uh, yes, we asked them, and um, we ran another study to see whether um, people who – can, can you accurately report your sick leave? And the answer is yes. Uh-huh. People do accurately report it. So just, I want to go back and have you say again, the average person works how many days a week and the happiest person works how many days a week? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a percentage of time. How, how much, because it doesn't really matter whether you're there. Mm-hmm, right. You look like you're going through the work um, because lots of people can look like they're busy. So it's, um, it's, product, it's productive it is time. It's productive work. So people who are happiest at work are being productive 80% of the time, and people who are not are basically being productive, say, just under 40% of the time. So it's a massive difference. It's a huge difference. That that is really amazing. Mm. Now, we know that a lot of people, like uh, like Relly, understand the significance and the importance of the emotional intelligence component mm. to contributing to happiness at work. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, for, for us, uh, our definition of happiness is that it's a mindset because, you, you know, I mean, really, you're, you yourself said it's uh, contagious. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, negative emotions are more contagious than positive emotions, which means that we have to work harder to generate them. But people who are happiest at work are those who intentionally generate positive emotions for themselves and look for what they can be grateful for in difficult situations, who interpret things in upbeat ways, and who look for the best in others. And, and, and that's key to it. So you said a couple, a couple of really good things just to, to highlight, and I, I think most of us have seen this because we're we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't know about happiness and being in a good mood. But that negative emotion, you're saying, has been proven to be stronger. Mm. Therefore, someone who's positive has got to work a little bit harder to counteract or dilute some of that negativity. Absolutely. Uh, and so to, what puts you in the mindset of being more upbeat than downbeat? And how do you work with that? And how do you get that for yourself? We all know how we make ourselves miserable. <laughs> but we're, 
we're less clever about how we make ourselves happy. Mm-hmm. Well, then you also meant a couple of things because we want to give some people some tools about how people can increase their happiness quotient. And at least the two things that you said just a moment ago was, was about interpretation of things. That's huge because mm-hmm. the glass half full or half empty and then being grateful. Maybe you can kind of follow up on that and other things that can raise that happiness quotient. Yeah, and I think one um, tool, apart from being grateful, and it is, to, is to actually go, just go out there and say thank you. Uh, how many people, you, you think thank you in your head, but you don't actually say it out loud. And by thanking someone else, you make a, a, an emotional connection, which is often just forgotten if you say it um, in a kind of offbeat, off-the-cuff way. But if you can go to somebody and say, thank you, I really appreciate the effort that you made for me when you did this, and it meant a lot to me, um, you not only do something for them, you do something for yourself as well. And, and so I would really encourage people to say thank you and also to say sorry. That's the corollary. Say sorry too. And not like our prime minister said sorry, sorry if. <laughs> it's just sorry. Now, how can individuals really increase their happiness quotient. And, and before you describe that, what is your definition of happiness quotient? Uh, for us, happiness at work is a mindset uh, which helps you maximize your potential. Uh, and, and that's a really key piece because we're talking here about the, being the best of who you could possibly be. Uh, and that mindset will help you take most advantage of the highs that you go through because let's not forget them. But it will also carry you through those lows, and it it applies to when you're working by yourself or with other people. So it's a very broad definition, and it takes into account the fact that all of our experience at work includes the good, the bad, and the ugly, and dealing with that is the way that we keep ourselves up rather than take ourselves spiraling down. So so with that, we got some some things, and it sounds like in your book... Um, I'm excited to get a hold of it and look at the report that's on your website, eyeopener.com. There are some tools that individuals can use for themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so then oh. with that, what could, uh, I imagine some of that's there, what could someone do if they want to increase the happiness among employees? Because one is the self side, the other is, is the other side. Absolutely. So I'd say one of the key things, that really nurtures the five C's of, of, that we've talked about is pride, trust, and recognition. So pride? You, wait, let me say that again. Pride? Pride. Pride in your organization or your team. Mm-hmm. Trust in the leaders that you have who are there. And recognition. Are you recognizing people in the way that they want to be recognized? And I just don't buy it when people say, oh, I don't need recognition. We all need recognition, because otherwise, why are we here on this planet? (laughs) So pride, trust, and recognition are fundamental things that leaders need to foster to enable others to be happy at work. So say a little bit more recognition, I think we got to say a little bit more about, you know, how someone would uh, verbalize pride or or show trust. It's funny, because pride has a pretty lousy reputation, doesn't it? you know, the one thing that you're told is that it's a kind of seven deadly sin. But actually, we need to feel proud of who we work for. I mean, I had a great, great friend. I have a great friend. And she couldn't take a job because she just didn't feel that saying um, uh, 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 her email address at bigburger.com 
she couldn't send that out to the world. <laughs> and that for her, if she, if she couldn't feel proud of doing that, she couldn't work for the organization. And she was so right. So pride is something that you feel, and it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's why you take the job in the first place. It's that kind of swelling of your heart when you say, yes, I work for X, or we've done this project, or um, I, 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 I work with these people who I'm extremely proud to be connected to. Uh, and it's not something we often talk about, is it? No, it's not, because we, and Relly, I'd love your position on this, I think we, um, as executives and adults, are told that um, we number one we don't need it number two we shouldn't do it and then people will say to us if we do who do we think we are yeah and it's it's a, a right. shame that that it has that but yeah really I'd love to know what you think yeah yeah no, I I would agree I'm just thinking <clears throat> I worked with a um, a vice chairman who you know had his own company reported to a president there was a merger and he became vice chairman guy was probably sixty years old worth, you know, over $10 million in, in stocks and everything else. And it, it, it just showed to me because he said, you know, the president, he never tells me how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I never hear anything. And I remember thinking about, you're doing great. Why do you need that? And then the second thought was, we all need that, just like you're saying, Jess. No mm-hmm. matter where we are in our career, it's a human need. It's a human need. And what's interesting is that people who um, are, are proud are seen as more likable, uh, and their chances of becoming a leader are, are greater too. So you know, pride is important, but when it goes too far, like we've seen right. in the banking crisis, then it's a big turn-off. That's hubristic. It's, it's narcissistic. It's not right. helpful. So right. genuine pride in, I think it's pride in um, what you've done or what you've achieved, as opposed to pride in, in who you are or what you've got. It's amazing. Jess, we're going to be right back, so hold that thought. And you're listening to Leadership Development News, and we're talking to Jess Price-Jones about happiness at work. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Are you ready to get freed up? 
Join Dr. Jennifer Freed, one of America's leading psychological thinkers, for a groundbreaking program with fascinating guests and full participation from you. Freed Up will explore topics like liberation in long-term relationships, parenting in the 21st century, comfort in stressful times, and much more. Tune in to Freed Up every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and wake up to the heartbeat of your life. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're having a fascinating conversation with Jess Price-Jones about happiness. In her book, Happiness at Work, Maximizing Your Psychological Capital for Success. Jess, um, before we ask you the next question, where can people get a hold of that? The book is available on Amazon. So if you go to Amazon.com, you'll find it there. Okay, that's great. You'll also find some more stuff about me. I've written a little bit of bio and why I wrote the book and some more tools and tips. Okay. All right, well, that's huge because we definitely want to want people to, to uh, hear about that. And not only can they get the book, but during the break, you were saying that you're coming to the, the States and they're going to do a series of workshops, and you have a special offer for our listeners um, to attend some of those workshops. So maybe tell us a little bit about that. How long is it? What would the price normally be? Where is it? Yeah, we are running a series of workshops in the States to, to teach people about the science of happiness at work and how you do it. So if you are an HR professional, uh, a learning and development expert, or a coach, and you'd like to understand what this is and how you use it and all the tools that are associated with it, um, I'm going to make an offer of 10 free places. Uh, The workshops are running in San Francisco, Washington, Dallas, and Chicago, and they they last two days. And uh, this is a special offer just to your listeners. Uh, Normally, the fee that we charge is $1,500. Uh, but for the first 10 people who email uh, events 
at eyeopener.com. That's events at eyeopener.com. Uh, we, we will invite, offer 10 free places at any, the workshop of your choice. Wow. That's, I want to come. I want to come too. <laughs> Please, I would be <laughs> delighted to have you there. It would be my honor, my this privilege. Fabulous. Now, you, uh, you reside in the UK, is that correct? I do. I and live in Oxford. You live in Oxford, and so you're surrounded by um, some, I'd say, some culture and some intellect as yes, well. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you something. Do people ever ask you what, what they should do if they really hate their job? All the time. I'm asked all the time, what do I do if I hate my job? Because I can't move. I have to stay where I am. And the, the one thing that I really recommend that you do, and that is... Get out a bunch of post-it notes, and on those post-it notes, write down the tasks you love in your job and the relationships that you love in your job, because I bet you that you've got, got a lot of them. People tell us, even when they hate their jobs, when we ask them, we can see they're still telling us they enjoy a third of what they do. So don't focus on what you haven't got, but think about what you do have. And so when you've made that list of tasks and relationships that you right. do enjoy, then think about how do I get more of both of these? How about this one, too? Would you ever ask people something like, well, you might not like your job and you might not find something you love to do every day, but mm-hmm. how about what it does for you and your loved ones? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And to keep a photograph of your loved ones on your desk, which reminds you about why you're doing what you do. It, it hooks you into your values. And well, you know, your values can make you feel more persistent than that's even right. chocolate. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was just thinking of the movie Up in the Air. Yeah. Uh, and you remember how they interviewed a lot of the people at the end of the movie, and those were mm. real people. And they were saying that it's a good thing they had their families. Mm. Excellent. We get, yeah, we get so much strength from them, and we sometimes yeah. forget that. I think the other thing sometimes I do, Jess and Kathy, this is talk to people about, all right, so let's say you're going to leave. Let's, let's, let's entertain that. Mm. And when they entertain that, they often see, well, that's not so good anyway. They become almost recommitted to their job mm. and then maybe looking exactly like you're saying, well, how do you make that even better? So yeah, now it's a choice. Yeah. That's great. Uh, I sometimes do an exercise which I call net present value, which is I'd like you to imagine it's five years down the line. You have quit this job. You are not working in this team anymore. What are you going to miss? So mm-hmm. what is it? What do you turn back and you look and think, this is, I did have that in that job. Mm-hmm. And so um, and that can also, it's the same, same kind of thing really, isn't it? Yeah, it's giving them a choice because I think a lot of times they're just complaining and venting versus a choice or commitment. I really, you know, go back to one of your C's. I want to mm-hmm. get recommitted to this work. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. How about, what do you do, and, and I know this may be taking you by surprise and you don't want to answer it, you don't have to, but... <laughs> What do you do when somebody loses their job in a bad economy? You know, so many people struggling through this bad economy, um, and they've actually lost their job. What, what advice do you have for them about their happiness? Uh, I think that it's incredibly tough when you find yourself in that position. And um, one of the things that um, I would say is to network yourself as widely as possible. Um, we can see that people who end up in jobs are getting jobs through the um, unofficial, unofficial channels. So the question is, what unofficial channels are you opening yourself up to? So keep going to church, temple, whatever you go to, and think about where else could I find um, help? What, what am I not doing that I could be doing that would help me? Because our tendency is to close down rather than to open out. 
And so are you, are you connected on LinkedIn? Are you on Facebook? Are you doing the simple things that could help you? Uh, are you in touch with people that you knew 10, 15 years ago who you might have been at college with? Uh, to, are you going back to old alumni meetings? Are you in touch with an alumni group from your organization who you were, used to work for or one before? So to think as widely as possible about who you can connect to. That's terrific. That's great. So, you know, I'm looking at your the five C's, Jess, mm-hmm. and I know you kind of went through them kind of briefly, but so one of them, I'm interested in what you have to say about confidence because some of these things, contribution, conviction, culture, commitment, is going to take a level of confidence so almost as uh, in, in the emotional intelligence world, that would be kind of on the self side, you know, the uh, emotional self-awareness. What, what kind of things could help someone get more confident, which may help drive some of the other Cs? <laughs> You're so right, really. Um, confidence is almost like the key that unlocks everything. Right. And if, um, you know, if, if confidence goes, then lots of other things stall as a result. So for me, confidence, is, it's like it's kind of like this solid nut at the center and this very flaky edge. And if you push the flaky edge, um, you can dent it. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's really important to guard and protect that, that nut in the center. But, you know, people who are happiest at work telling us they have 40% more confidence. Uh-huh. So one of the things to start thinking about, of course, is, you know, what makes you happy at work and what do you get done because we can see that the indicator that you are confident is that you get things done. So what do you get done? Hmm. Make yourself a list of the things that you do get done, mm-hmm. not the things you don't get done, because those are the things that we tend to, we tend to put from day to day. Bring the, bring the not done list forward. Read your done list and think, well, I did that, um, and how you did that. Um, so uh, I'd think about how do you get things done, and then I'd start thinking about, what kind of self-control are you exercising that means that you can be confident? Because to get things done, you have to not do other things. Mm-hmm. So uh, lots of us prevaricate. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. If I have to write um, a program outline, which is one of my least favorite tasks, um, because I, I'm not a details person, I'm a big picture person. If I have to write a program outline, I'll sit and I'll have coffee and I'll call people and I'll check my emails and I'll get Avoid up. the task. Yeah. <laughs> procrastinate. <laughs> so actually, if I need to write a program outline, I have to understand, turn off your email, <laughs> get the files out, shut the door, uh, take no meetings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to organize myself to understand that I, how I bring self-control to the task to get to that breakthrough. Right. Now, can you say that again about the 40%? I'll make sure I wanted to get that right. Did mm-hmm. you say- do you say people who are happy are 40% more confident or the other yeah. way around? Yeah, no, people who have the highest levels of happiness at work are 40% more confident as well. Okay. So you can get to it through the other C's at the same time. But one of the, one of the things that, um, you know, we, we, all have, we all have to control our minds in some kind of way. Right. You can think terrible thoughts or you can turn yourself around. So thinking is one of controlling your thinking, which I know sounds really hard, but doesn't need to be. Right. Um, And thinking about what you can do rather than what you can't and what you haven't and what you didn't. Think about what you, you, the positive rather than the negative. Right. It's like that that lovely experiment that Dan Wagner does about not, don't think about a white bear. Yeah. (laughs) The only way you can know that you're not thinking about the white bear is to check in with the white bear. 
So that's why we so often do the wrong thing. So that's why we tell people who are on a diet, you know, don't don't think about food, do something else. No, when I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> what so think eat? about that dress size <laughs> instead. Well, one of the things I, I like, Jess, is that just this statement, especially on confidence, and it's that evaluation. Are you on your side or are you on your case? And I mm. think a lot of high performers think they have to get on their case to be mm-hmm. a high performer versus being on their side. I like that, Raleigh. Say that again. Yeah. Are you, are you on your side or on your case? And it's an evaluation, and most of us, to try to get us going, to kind of take out the whip, and we're on our case, and then, of course, you don't feel that good, you're not that confident. If you're on your side, like being that coach to yourself, you know, so it goes to with how you're interpreting things. What could I do more? Mm. What would I learn from this versus what's wrong with me? How can I be such an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> Beat yourself up mode. It's right. so easy yeah. to fall into it, you know. You just yeah. kind of get into a little abyss. Exactly. Um, but but I, I, looked at, I, spent, um, I spent an entire weekend last summer when the, it was sweltering outside and I wanted to be with the kids trying to understand sports psychology. And I had these four papers which were written in language which was so difficult for me to get into. But what I finally understood after two days of wrestling with this was that if you tell yourself, I can, it's most motivational. It's, it's, it's the highest mo- form of motivation you can give yourself. When, when you're a sports psychologist and they tell you, uh, whack the ball into the center of the court, that's not as motivating as I can. Mm-hmm. So I'd encourage all your listeners to think I can mm-hmm. um, as a way of pumping your confidence levels. Well, well done, Jess. And I just want to remind everybody they can visit you at eyeopener.com. And, and uh, we, we love the idea that you're also going to be giving away some free seats at your program coming up. So great success to you. Yes, and can I just remind your listeners that's events at eyeopener.com. And tell them that they're interested in one of the uh, your seminars. What's the seminars called? Uh, the seminars are called Putting the Science of Happiness to Work. Hmm. Great. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. Time goes by really fast. Jess, we really appreciate you being uh, available, being so far away overseas. And uh, thanks for all the great tips. This is wonderful. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. This is Leadership Development News. Tune in again uh, next week. And best to you all in your happiness. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.